Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up? Sparrows and Binders. This is Stephen, your host with Fatality Podcast, along with my friend and uh, compatriot Dylan from Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. Little uh, collaboration here. We've done some collabs before, but always uh, with Charles or with someone else from Fantology. So just us this time. The dynamic duo at last, Stephen. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Couldn't get anyone else from Fantology to get through an 800 page book right now. And sounds like Charles couldn't be convinced either. I guess that was the problem. Yeah. In Charles's defense, I, I didn't really give this one the hard sell. We, we have all these other books we're reading for FTF and I just kind of picked this up because of all the, all the yeah. King killer comparisons. I so such a, an amazing series and one of my favorites. So I, I couldn't help myself and I, I went rogue really. <laughs> It's kind of what I did as well. So we're talking about the first binding by R.R. Verdi. Came out like a month ago, maybe two months ago. It's it's pretty new. And like Dylan said, the buzz around it is it's a lot like King Killer, like a lot like mm -hmm. King Killer. And we'll talk about that. We're going to start with a no spoiler section. So if you've heard about the book and you're just kind of wondering what our opinions are and if you should read it, then tune in for this part and we will very clearly tell you when we're going to start talking actual spoilers. Sounds like a plan. Okay. So that said, Dylan, uh, let's not beat around the bush any longer. What was your opinion of the first binding? Did you like it? Yeah, I did like it. I liked it a lot. I mean, I think that R. Verdi he shows himself to be a really talented writer. I think all around, I think his prose is strong. I think he's got a good way of defining characters getting you to care about them and i think that my my only real reservations that came from this book were how similar it is to yeah. the king killer chronicle like i was thinking if i read this book before reading the yeah. name of the wind I would be like, wow, this is one of my favorite books ever. This is incredible. <laughs> and then reading it afterward, I think I, you just can't get it out of your head, or at least I couldn't get out of my head. Uh -huh. And it just uh, takes you, takes me out of the experience. So it's like, as a book staying alone in a vacuum, uh, it's, I think, amazing and just goes down a, a little notch for me because I, I didn't perceive it as being as original um, as perhaps I would have if, if the name of the wind never existed or if I just yeah, hadn't yeah, read yeah. it yet. So how many times have you read name of the wind King killer? I think I've read three times. So it's not like I've, uh, there are people out there, right. <laughs> right. Like 10, 11 times. Uh -huh. um, it, it's, I know you usually say the name of the wind is your favorite book. It is my period, favorite right? book. Yeah. yeah. It might be my favorite book too. I'm just not a huge 
rereader um in the sense that I would there's too many good books out there mm -hmm. where I'm like yeah. the, the King Killer Chronicle is so long and every once in a while I'm like oh I really want to return to it but yeah I I always want to be trying new stuff how, how many times have you read the King Killer Chronicle I'm not sure exactly I think it's like six or seven times and I'm not a big rereader Impressive. either but this is one that I do reread quite a bit because it is it is my favorite book and uh, it's it's just kind of easy to get through um, once you've read it a few times. So as I was reading, I, I have a really similar opinion to you. So this this may be kind of boring because <laughs> we both think the same thing. But yeah, if I had never read The Name of the Wind, I would have loved the first finding. As it is, I liked it. I thought the prose was good. Um, it was an interesting plot. I, I liked the framing device. But it's just so similar, like similar to the point where a lot of the small details, like if you've read The Name of the Wind a few times, you know, there's just like some turns of phrases and some ways that different characters are described. It's like very, very, very similar. And that kind of bugged me a little bit. Like, I don't understand yeah. why, why did it have to be that, that derivative almost? And it's not like every element of the story was exactly the same but you can do pretty much a one-to-one -one comparison of like, okay, Name of the Wind did this type of thing. Okay, this is the this is the comparison from the first finding. This is this character. This is this character. Some of the ways that things are described, like there is a, uh, there's this kind of fantastical antagonistic group and their name is derived to mean like seven of them. And in The Name of the Wind, there's a similar group and their name means nine of them. Like just small, small details like that are so similar. And that bugged me a little bit. But like you say, it was a really good book. And I enjoyed reading the book. Like it was a book that I, when I was, when I, when I carved out time to read, I, I really liked my experience reading. But always in the back of my head, I was like, what's going on with this? This is just the same thing. That's yeah. my, that's my rant. No, I, I am on the same page. Uh, as I said, I think you know, there's other books that use a similar frame story device, and that always makes me yeah. think of King Killer. But obviously, yeah, yeah. King Killer did not invent the frame story, and uh, the first binding uses the frame story device as well. And this idea of the legendary figure telling the truth of their story when maybe it's been misinterpreted, that's uh -huh of course, been done multiple times before. And there's other books I felt are similar to the King Killer Chronicle in that way and recommend yeah. it. The first one that comes to mind is Blood Song by Anthony Ryan. Uh, yep. Have you I read that, that one, one Stephen? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic book. And that's one that I'd say I, I recommend. I don't feel this need to almost, I don't know if warn is the right word, uh -huh. but uh, express uh, some reservations where I'd say a, uh, for the first finding, I'm like, it's so similar, like beat for beat in a lot of ways. While Bloodsong uses the same, like, I'm a legendary figure. It's time I tell my story to a chronicler yeah. type character in that way. And then the path that takes besides the very basic, like there is a sort of magic school type thing, academy type thing in Blood Song. And one of the themes is this, uh, what's the truth behind these stories about this mythical, like this man who's more myth than man at this point. Uh -huh. And at the same time, 
blood song feels so unique and so different doesn't follow these these same beats or have these moments where it's like well that feels like it was it was just transposed from the uh-huh. name of the wind or anything like that uh-huh. this one yeah like you said there's these these aspects where it's like uh there's this group called the Ashura that are so similar to the Chandrian and uh-huh. things that play out there are very similar to what plays out with the Chandrian even just you know the first chapter is so similar to the prologue of the name the wind except it's yeah. like you you move in the word stillness instead of silence in some places uh-huh. but uh, i i think there's moments like that and even maybe we should read like the um the blurb right oh, yeah, because the blurb where he's that, like i am this guy and i did all these cool things yeah right it's uh all legends are born of truths and just as much lies these are mine. Judge me for what you will, but you will hear my story first. I buried the village of Amper under a mountain of ice and snow. Then I killed their god. I've stolen old magics and been cursed for it. I started war with those who walked before mankind and lost the princess I loved and wanted to save. I've called lightning and bound fire. I am legend and I am a monster. My name is Ari, and this is a story of how I let loose the first evil. And I mean... I don't want to bog down our listeners here with reading the name of the winds one too, but you probably heard that one because it's so famous uh-huh. in the fantasy genre. And if you haven't, I'd recommend like, you know, looking that up and it's got that same piece of like, I did this legendary act. Then I did this legendary act. And I think that one, uh-huh. you may have heard of me. Yeah, which is my name is quote. It's like, yeah, <laughs> right. And I mean, I don't know. There's this, there's this way in which it's like both unabashed that there's a willingness, the uh, similarity is like unabashed and there's this willingness to just beat for beat, go through a similar just blurb like that. And at the same time, I I feel like people are kind of trying to be, um, you know, decorous about uh, like, saying like oh it's very similar uh it's like i don't know i'm waiting for the author to get something like hey yeah i explicitly was trying to take these parts of the kid killer uh-huh. and move them to a different setting and blah blah i just haven't seen that i've just seen him be like oh yeah it was one of my inspirations yeah it's like <laughs> uh, no, this yeah. is not an inspiration this is a i don't want to say it's derivative i don't know like it, it almost is though Ah, there's, there's so many, it's like you say, it's just beat for beat for beat. And there is, I think at the beginning, one of the stories he tells kind of references this redheaded magician guy, you know, which is basically quote, Mm. a little citation there. I I almost would have liked to see in the acknowledgements, like, thank you, Patrick Rothfuss for inspiring this story, something like that. I was, I was almost shocked that I didn't see that. And there's actually this like effusive thank you to Jim Butcher. Did you notice that or did you skip right? Oh yeah. So nice. Uh, And if I were Jim Butcher, which, which I'm not the like reading this, I mean, that would uh, hit me right in the feels. It's so nice, but it's like for saving my life all those years ago is how it Uh starts. But yeah, I would like to see, I guess, more explicit acknowledgement of Rothfuss, like you were saying. And there was, I, I know I, I took down the quote at some point. Uh, let me see if I can find it. The one I don't want to waste. 
the one where he references time both in his story yeah yeah i mean either way yeah he talks about this like red-headed person that killed a prince or maybe a king and some say he's a bard some say he's a wizard some say yeah. he's a devil and it's like uh, that one was this clear easter egg for uh-huh. for the king killer chronicle but yeah i don't know i'd like to see more yeah like what does patrick rothis think about this <laughs> i'm trying to put myself in my shoes like i wrote this super successful book and now there's another book that's just like so so similar and they're copying a lot of the things that made my book successful and not only was my book successful it's like really really successful which I I wouldn't like it very much if I was him honestly without some kind of you know maybe they're friends maybe that I don't want to you know like put any words in anyone's mouth or anything but I, I don't know I would feel a little uncomfortable if I was him if this hadn't been addressed between the two authors yeah and I haven't seen anything possibly it's out there but i haven't seen anything where rothfuss has commented on this in any way you know and he can he, be he shouldn't like i wouldn't yeah i would hope that he doesn't but still yeah there's instances though of you know ursula k Le Guin called out uh jk jk rowling in terms of ways in which she felt like oh really the harry <laughs> potter series was derivative of a wizard of earth sea and I've read, you know, I've read both of those and there are similarities, of course, uh, but it's nowhere near as similar as, as the first binding is to the name of the wind. And I'm not saying there's anything Rothfuss should say about this. I personally would be interested in hearing him talk about it, but uh-huh. it's, uh, there's precedent for people being bothered by these kind of things. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't think we want to stir up any drama or anything, but I just I was thinking about this and just thinking I would be, if I was him, I'd be a little uncomfortable with this. Yeah, yeah, I would too. So, so that all said, I liked the book. Uh, I liked reading it. And part of that was because it's, you know, I love Name of the Wind and this felt like Name of the Wind. And it's been a while since we've got any new King Killer stuff. So it almost kind of, felt like another opportunity to do that. I thought there were aspects of it that weren't quite as strong. Like if I'd never read Name of the Wind and I read this, I would really like it. I don't think I would like it as much as Name of the Wind. It's missing some pieces. Like some of my favorite parts from Name of the Wind, which are Denna. And Denna is kind yeah. of shifted in a different way. And I didn't quite enjoy that as much. And the whole music aspect of, of Name of the Wind is not there. It's replaced kind of but those two things are really my favorite two favorite parts of the book they're not there so I don't know did you like if you can do the same if you had never read Name of the Wind do you think you would like this as much not as much as Name of the Wind I think I'd I think I said before it'd be one of my favorites maybe um if I read it without the Name of the Wind as context but you beat me to the comment about Denna uh, that is uh, you know, in, in the Phantology Discord, my name is Defender of Denna, and she's uh-huh. one of my favorite characters in fantasy. And I don't even know if I would say there's a Denna equivalent. I know the character you're referring to as maybe being the way that Denna was kind of uh-huh. adapted, but that that character didn't really 
I don't know. I, I wasn't really invested in, in that character yeah. that you're talking about. We'll get into that more in the spoiler section. And uh, if so, the character's actually not in the, like, in the retelling of the story. It's the characters in the larger, like, frame story. Right, right. right? So I don't know. Those... And and their like banter or whatever is not it doesn't really hit the spot that the Dena and Quoth banter does. So there's yeah. a little bit yeah. of where I'm like, ooh, it's like the King Killer Chronicle minus my favorite part of the King Killer Chronicle. Uh-huh. Um, but that's not like objectively the best part of the King Killer Chronicle or anything. It's just you know the part that it sounds like appeals to you a lot and appeals right. a lot to me. Too. Right. Yeah. I think there were some parts that were a little bit better. Like the framing narrative, I thought was maybe a little more interesting because there was a bit more of a moving plot. And in King Killer, it's pretty slow in the actual framing part of things. It does take even longer to get into the telling of the story. In King Killer, it's like 50, 60 pages. And first finding, it's like 100 pages. So you need, you do need to get through more of the framing. And the retelling of the story is the best part of the book, the framing story is interesting but yeah i i enjoyed the actual retelling more yeah i think that's fair i think that one of the complaints that people give about the king killer chronicle is that the the frame story is not even just slow like hardly anything happens and i think that is possibly intentional um, but it's also i don't know potentially a just it feels like a distraction from the real story being told rather than a critical yeah. part of the overall story. While you get the sense that what's happening in the larger frame story of the first binding is a critical part of the story that will continue to move forward, coinciding mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the, you know, the narrative that Ari, our main character is relaying here. And that's a positive. It's still a much smaller part and to me a, a less interesting part than the uh, story within the story. But I, I do like that it's moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think through two books of King Killer Chronicle, we enjoy the story that Quoth is talking about his childhood and, and uh, coming of age, but it's hard to say how exactly that's going to tie into what they're doing back at the end. But through yeah. one book of the first binding, I think there's a, there's a, there's a more clear path between Ari's story and what's going on in the, in the framing story. So hopefully, you know, I don't know how many books he's planning on writing here of this story, but I, I think there's going to be you know, a little bit more of a, maybe more seamless uh, connection there. And I, I mean, maybe that's kind of part of the reason why Rothfuss is struggling with the third book. He's just trying to figure out how to make it all work together. So it sounds like maybe uh, Verdi has planned this out a little more to take us from beginning to end. Yeah, I wonder what his process is if he's more of a pantser or more of an outliner. It seems like to to set these clear things that have to happen like in that blurb, I I would expect he's he's probably got a decent amount of outlining done, but uh-huh. I haven't really a pantser folks don't know it's that expression uh, right by the, the seat of your pants. Uh-huh. rather than a person who has it all planned out in it so yeah i'd be interested i haven't seen anything on that but 
and hopefully it for me hopefully it'll be more like a trilogy uh, and we'll get through it rather than I, i'm not a huge fan of the 10 book series <laughs> yeah yeah but we'll see where it goes yeah okay so last thing uh let's just talk about the magic a little bit everyone always loves the magic so magic in the first binding uh it's similar uh, once again to name the one but also has some distinctions i i like this one quite a bit so it's based off your like belief and faith in things and depending on almost like your your current psyche your magic could fail if you're unable to hold a belief that uh you know whatever you're trying to accomplish magically is actually true so it's similar to name of the wind in that like you have these you're holding conflicting beliefs sometimes and you use some magic words to make it work but it's a little more it's a little less on like the actual I name the wind feels like something that could actually work in the real world due to like physics but the first binding is a little more on the the magic hand wavy side of things with still having enough of a of a hard system to it so i i liked the way that this was done yeah, well, you're referring to sympathy, I guess. With right. the, yeah, mostly the yeah, there are a lot of, of magic. Yeah, but mostly yeah. sympathy, right? Because uh, yeah, King Killer has that bounce of a separate soft magic system in the naming, and then the hard magic system in yeah. sympathy. Yeah. And the first binding has has these bindings. It's kind of like. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like manifesting like the idea that people have in, in our real world of like if you think it like you make one of those uh what do they call those boards that people make where they're like like a vision board or something you know what i'm talking about okay, people yeah, like yeah, put yeah. up w- the things that they want to happen and then they expect to like manifest okay. that's kind of the first binding magic system in some ways right it's just like if you think it really hard it'll happen. I mean, then there's also this idea of kind of, uh, they need to get into it more because there's still mystery surrounding. Uh-huh. Uh, at one point, um, Rari explains like, oh yeah, you, uh, I don't know if this is spoilery, uh, but it's like, you. I'll just say, he's like, you can't do this. And then the character he's telling you is like, but you did that. And he's like, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to how you can actually right, do that right, part. Right. But we got to tell the story in the right order. So we're still learning about the magic system. It's interesting, but it's not It's not revolutionary. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anything else in the non-spoiler part of the conversation that we need to tell people? I would say just briefly on the setting i think that's one thing that people note as yeah, yeah. being one thing that sets it apart from the name of the wind is this uh, it's like this south asian setting and i think that uh, that shines through and i know that for for me the setting isn't like the number one uh, thing that i look into with the book but it's always nice when it's not just your standard medieval, medieval european, european setting yeah yeah and i'd say that uh, maybe that's also a way in which it shines uh, over the name of the wind because the name of the wind setting to me never yeah really felt particularly kinda... unique or like anything that'd be worth a, a big talking yeah, like the name of the world, we really only care about like two cities by at the end yeah. of the day. But it does seem like there's this larger world. And uh, I think Tremaine is a, like the name of the series called Tales of Tremaine. 
So I think the yeah. the world is called Tremaine. Yeah, the uh, the and this the circle of the world, the golden circle, something like that. And there's enough um, different countries and and cultures around, and and there's a caste system, and the fact that yeah. Ari is of the lowest cat or caste list actually is important. So yeah, there are those South Asian type influences that yeah, I, I think make the the setting is is probably a little bit cooler than name of the wind mm-hmm. yeah and i cast system it's a great point to bring that up it's not just like they're the nobles and then the the not noble people it's like more defined and i think there's also this there's like the sort of like i don't know if it's the racism but there's like xenophobia that goes on and you get to see how that plays out particularly in the in the larger frame story Mm -hmm. Uh, i think there'll be things to get into in the setting that are yeah are interesting and worth talking about so want to want to give credit there all right so final word we do sounds like we do recommend it but if you're someone who just loves name of the wind and doesn't want to see it redone in a different way uh you know warning there you this might bug you yeah that i would agree with that i would say if you love the name of the wind you'll either really enjoy this or this will get so on your nerves that you will dislike it uh and if you've if you've never read the name of the wind uh i guess part of me wants to be like go read the name of the wind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, on the topic of the first binding, I think there's ways in which this will be even better for you if, yeah. if you haven't yet read the name. It'd be really interesting to talk to someone who's read the first binding and then they read name of the wind and see what they think. <laughs> yeah, I would be really interested in that. I actually, I don't see anyone who's done that yet. So if you're a content creator who hasn't yet read the name of the wind, there's a there's a great idea for you because that's that'd be a fresh take yes and i mean the book is new enough where honestly if someone had read both books in two months that's that's impressive that's some uh, voracious reading there yeah okay so we are now going to get into spoilers for the book you've been warned it's happening now and also just to be clear we are going to be doing spoilers for in the wind as well so you've been warned there too okay so we've kind of talked around a lot of plot points, but let's just go maybe like kind of beginning to end things that stood out. So starting with the framing story, we said it was really similar. I I liked it. I liked the stories that they told. I, I, there, and there were more than uh, in King Killer, but I thought they were all pretty interesting and, and set up a good lore background. But part of me wants to say like, there were almost so many. And then we didn't have enough time to actually get into how different ones were significant. So it was just kind of a lot to keep track of with all of these, this lore backstory that doesn't actually become super important, at least not yet. Yeah. I'm kind of relieved that you feel that way too. I was, I was like, I don't know if I can track all the things that are happening in these stories. There's like vaguely, I'm able to track the Abram stuff where it's uh-huh. like, part where he he supposedly was also starting to be a, a man like a mortal man in addition to uh, 
being a god and all these uh-huh. kind of things. Uh, there's a whole like son of himself thing, which uh-huh. I guess plays something of a role because Ari as an orphan starts being like, I'm Ari, son of myself. So it's kind of playing with the idea of like, I'm like a god. So that being said, presumably we're going to wait some time between this and the and the next tome uh, in this series to come out and there's no way if unless i reread when book two comes out i'm gonna make any connections between like oh wow like uh, here's this awesome connection between this legendary story they told in book one and the things that are actually happening in the present in book two uh-huh. it's like uh-huh yeah, that's going to be be lost on me. But it's good stuff for people who are into like rereading and finding all the little details and connections. And I know yeah, that's such yeah. a big thing among the Kingkiller fan base. Like I'm comparing everything. <laughs> Everything's couched in this uh-huh. Kingkiller uh-huh. thing. I'll try to stop doing that too much. But yeah, I think there's going to be a lot for people to get into. And some people just like lore for lore's sake almost. And there's going to be a lot of... Yeah, it makes the world feel really deep and... And I, I like that. Uh, I guess in the second book, they'll probably get more into the, I don't remember the name of the, of like the fairy elf, you know, that wh- whatever name they have here. And it's, it's almost like the, the she or something like that, but spelled differently. So I'm guessing in the next book, he'll get into that because then there's also this, that kind of quick moment in the framing narrative towards the end where this, shadow figure comes in and threatens him and this is like his former teacher and it it sounds a lot like you know when quoth goes in and has his time with Florian and and gets ingrained into into the oh gosh what are they called in king killer now now i'm forgetting that one as well what what is what called in king killer like what is what are the fairy what are, what are they called the fae yeah 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 exactly yeah uh i'm interested to see where some of this stuff comes in because especially with the the love interest that i assume will come into not right there's alowin in the larger frame story that's who we're getting at in the non-spoiler aspect i'm like is that supposed to be this denna equivalent uh, I'm like, I don't know, because there's also these parts where it's implied that he like, there's a part where the, the innkeeper is like, hey, one day you'll find the one. And then oh, yeah, he that's has right. a sort of internal yeah. monologue where he's like, uh-huh. I already found the one, like he's wrong, uh-huh. or whatever. And then he's just all in on like, you know, Ellen's pretty cool. I I, yeah. I should tell her my whole story for some reason. Uh <laughs> because she seems nice and I'm attracted to her. <laughs> so he, yeah, he seems to be moving on pretty quickly because he's not actually thought the person's name, whoever this like the one was in the past. And he also refers to a princess that I believe uh-huh. uh, it's, that might only be in the in the blurb. I don't know if he even does in the book, but it's like princess I loved and wanted to save. I'm like, none of that we haven't even met her so there's uh, there's things like that i i think maybe vaguely it was implied that the princess might be like the princess of the fae equivalent in some ways i'm like that part you brought up might be interwoven i'm just waiting i guess to to see where that all goes i think it'd be really it'd be really cool although i don't know if this would work but 
if Elwin was in was from his past as well like was the previous love interest and and now he's found her but I don't know how that would work because he spent so much time with her in this book that it would seem weird to be like oh wait a second like I recognize you from when I loved you years ago right <laughs> oh yeah like we we were in love there was this whole thing God, yeah can't believe that slipped my mind yeah I I feel the same way that's actually something that I was I was thinking about at first because I'm I'm still I think Elowin the name might be the name of this like Fey equivalent whether she's a Felorian equivalent or there's like this princess character whatever I think he he definitely took the name Elowin from some sort of like a ancient beautiful figure something like that and oh right right, right. yeah because that's not necessarily she never tells him her name that's just no. Like, he, she asks yeah she asks him to like give her a name yeah and he chooses that name and there's this stuff in this book that's similar again to the king killer chronicle where he has this gift for naming where uh, was it was it shola the cat yeah or something where oh yeah he named it and he's like, oh, Shola means shy in this other language. And it's like, uh, of course, Rishi Abram is like, oh, no, that actually means fire. And there's a part where he called fire, uh, not wind, called fire. And yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, whoa, like what made you name this that? And there's weird moments like that, too, uh, where. Oh, uh, he names like the oxen the, or one of the. I think it's a horse. It's the same. Yeah, the tink, whatever's pulling the tinker's cart. Oh, are you saying in the first binding or yeah, in? Yeah. Oh, as in oh, the name in, of the wind, there's that the moment wind, yeah. where Quoth names the the horse, and then it's like uh, I forget exactly what it was, but again, he, he thinks it like he one named sock it. or something because one of the legs is miscolored, and and the guy had tried to cover it up, and he then he gives him a cheaper price because he's like, oh, I, I I'm kind of i think you know what i mean i didn't explain that very well but yeah yeah i know yeah but it's the same it's the same idea of like i named this one thing and then it turns out that it was actually a great name for this thing but i didn't know it it was i actually gave it a better name than i i thought i did and i mean that's another interesting like beat for beat moment but also to bring it back to elowin there might be some uh-huh. value to him being like oh i'll just name you elowin because i think you're pretty <laughs> and so is his figure basically uh i'm sure it was like pretty and mysterious but you know and then it may turn out that she who knows maybe she actually is elowin or uh-huh. there's some sort uh-huh. of relation because what if she's there's... some kind of shapeshifter like she is part of the fae group in this book and yeah in his past whatever this princess this love was also and so it, it is her the whole time you know the same one that he loved and she was taking this different form to test him or i don't know whatever right and so then at the yeah. end it's like oh my gosh you're the one that would that would be cool i could see that working out that is a delicate line to walk without it feeling really yeah like cheap to reveal that uh-huh. i think you have to, it can be done, I think, but you have to have a really deft hand in, in building toward that. And there's not enough, I think, for me to buy that yet. We've got more books coming, so we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm just 
uh, wary. <laughs> right, right. I guess I just like the idea of the of the lost love of the Dena type, you know, to be actually involved in the current story because who knows what's going on with Dena and Kingkiller in in yeah. uh, the current story. Yeah, I do like the idea too, but we need to. I I don't even know which character she would be besides the this like princess that we right. met yet okay so story starts he's growing up in a a rundown theater this time instead of the edema rue troupe and uh i really liked uh, so this is where we get into comparing plot points right it's so hard to not compare the plot points because yeah i, I love quoth growing up uh, you know, with his troupe and all the fun that that is. And the theater didn't quite feel the same to me because he was just mistreated horribly and was kind of the scum of the earth. And then when they all, when they, when they die, when the Ashura comes and kills them all, it's like, I guess like they were his family, but only a couple of them were nice to him. And uh, the, the big loss is his binder tutor uh, that I don't remember his name offhand. When, when that guy dies like that, you, you feel that one. But other than that, you're just like, eh, you know, these, these guys, it doesn't have the same emotional weight. Like when his parents die and all of this, I guess we're totally spoiling Name of the Wind, but okay, that's happening. Maybe we should <laughs> <laughs> we give some sort of uh, edited in warning or something yeah, earlier. Yeah, we, should, yeah. we should probably let people know. Okay, so Name of the Wind is also going to be talked about. So when that happens, like that's an emotional gut punch that, that you really feel that one. I didn't feel there's a lot of times in King killer where I have like been really touched emotionally. I never got that from first finding. Yeah. I I do feel the same way. I think that you really have that character. He's like, Oh, she was like a sister to me, but we get like one or two interactions between him and that character. And then, yeah, the conditions he's in are pretty bad. Uh, the person who runs a theater troupe seems nice enough, uh, but it's not anything like in the King Killer Chronicle when his parents, uh, like his actual parents, who you get to know a lot better, uh, are killed. And I think there's also this part for me where I was like, I know this is coming just because I was, I was seeing the writing on the wall with uh-huh. how similar it is to the, the name of the wind where I was like, they're definitely all going to die. I didn't know they'd all die because they were about to put a play on about this mysterious Asherah group. And then the Asherah group doesn't like that they're telling a story about them. And it's like, okay, where have we heard that one before? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, once you start to see, once that happened, I was like, okay, this is all going to be exactly the same. Yeah. And so that's a big, and so then going forward, I expected everything. And then you don't necessarily get everything because there's not the Denna and there's not the music. So then that became a disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. They try to give you some of the music with his friend. uh, Is that Roddy or? Yeah, the Simon character. Yeah, (laughs) except he's a musician. So Uh is that the Simon character? I mean, I I almost. uh, And then Aram, she feels like a fella almost, but not i don't know fella, she's fella, supposed I to fellow was supposed to be kind of like the other girl i don't remember her name at all she's like a very minor character but she was described as really pretty and really smart gotcha that's possible i mean some of them are almost like these 
conglomerates of yeah. other characters. And it was almost like, whoa, he went for like the he went for one of the friends being a woman. Like that's uh that's different. Like uh-huh. instead of just having two male friends. And uh-huh. it's even moments like that where it's kind of surprising that he departs. Uh right. I don't know. <laughs> so you bring up the minor characters. I wanted to talk about the minor characters because it didn't feel like they were nearly as well defined as the characters in King Killer. And honestly, it may be a little unfair because I've read King Killer so much. So I, I yeah. like you pick up on every little thing. You're like, okay, you know, you know him really well. But this just it, for some reason it didn't feel like there were enough time with the characters. Like the book is really long. I'm I'm trying to figure out why it didn't feel like there was enough time to establish some of these characters. Part of me thinks that, so throughout the text, there's a lot of these little like life lesson type things where he takes up a paragraph and he's like, you know, and I learned that this and this and like kind of, you know, this is the lesson that all men must know because, you know, stuff like that. And I almost could have done without any of that and just would have preferred just kind of a straightforward telling. And I guess Quoth does that a little bit in King Killer, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to figure out why it felt like there wasn't enough time in an 800 page book to establish a lot of the minor characters. Ari was great. I think Roddy was pretty good. Some of his friends with the sparrows, I don't remember their names. I thought they were pretty good. Vitham was good. Who turned out to be Coley somehow? That was strange. (laughs) Yeah, that was strange. I'm still kind of processing that. And there's part of me where I'm like, is that is that even true? Or was it some sort of yeah. deception? And that wasn't really him. I do think he sticks out as one of the the better characters. I do want to, I do, I, I guess, note that we both read the name of the wind and wise man's fear multiple times. So it's like, we got a lot more time with the character just by nature. Yeah. So it's, it is really two books rather than. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and I mean, it's, it's tough to, to compare to Patrick Rothfuss when it comes to character writing or prose or Uh right. It's Uh we're talking about one of the guys who, would probably be on the Mount Rushmore of like contemporary fantasy at this point. Rothfuss is way up there. So right. you're inviting those comparisons when you write something know, as it's, similar it's a, as this. So really bold to basically yeah. re- rewrite this book when it's, yeah. it's, it's a mass. I mean, it's a master work. It's, it's a masterpiece. Right. And one beloved by so many people. So I think it's fair to do those comparisons because like, how could you not yeah. know that this yeah. was coming and all that? But I think if we zoomed out from that, this is pretty good character writing. I do, especially Ari. I mean, the whole thing hinges on him. I would like more time, but I think it's like jumping to different settings so quickly that we really didn't get that much time, even though it's a long mm. book. It's like, how long is it before he gets to the Academy and it's like, I'm liking uh, Aram. I'm liking Roddy. And I, I, I like Rishi Abram. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's an interesting character. I think he sticks out. I like the characters in the crow's nest. Like uh-huh. 
for the amount of time we get with the characters in the crow's nest like i actually find them very interesting and uh, i like them it's just that yeah we don't get to the academy for a long time and if we get another book that is set heavily there we'll we'll be pretty attached to all those characters probably yeah so did you like you like the ashram part that was the highlight for you it was for me I I love the magic school setting yeah yeah it was I was almost like as it kept going I was like when are we gonna get there because the ashram had been talked about a decent amount we know he's heading there you know that's why he left the sparrows and all this kind of stuff and I was like let's uh like let's get this rolling because that's a lot of times the best part of the name of the wind and I think it's it's the best parts here so I'm I'm glad yeah. we we got there. Oh, can we talk like on the sparrow subject? Yeah, I guess we shouldn't skip I, that but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to I feel kind of bad doing this but we we have to talk about the lies of Lock Lamora, I think in regard to that okay. see lies of Lock Lamora by Scott Lynch because there's also things that feel kind of like taken beat for beat there with the He's in this thieving crew uh, that is similar to, uh, um, oh God, the was it the the thief maker in uh, the Lies of Lock Lamora has that a sounds right crew. Man, it's been a while since I've read. I know, I know, you guys have read it finally. Recently, yeah, we I reread it and Charles finally read it, so I should know, but I I'm blanking a little bit on it but there's this little crew of like orphan boys that Locke starts out in and there's these equivalents uh so in the first binding i forget the name for them but i think in lies lock more they're called like teasers where you kind of are this distraction while people like pickpocket and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and in Lies Lock Lamora, there's this whole thing about how Locke like crumbles up like orange peels and other stuff and like pretends to throw up. And there's like the same exact oh, okay. thing in the first binding. And I was like, <laughs> wow, like you are, you're willing to just grab these things. So yeah, that was interesting. Huh. I haven't read uh, uh, Lies Lock Lamora recently enough. So I'm glad that you have. Yeah. And there's Lock Lamora comparisons too i think uh so oh dirk ashton is a wonderful dude on on twitter i've had some interactions with him he said if you love the name of the wind and the lies of Locke lamora this is your next reading addiction so it's yeah I okay I'm, I'm not the only one to notice some of those similarities too <laughs> i think i enjoyed the sparrows more than the tarbian part of name of the wind with some caveats like some of the stuff in Tarbian is is really good and like there's some really good some of the like I, I mentioned the name of the wind has a lot of strong emotional things for me like there's some really good stuff in Tarbian I remember in my most recent I actually re- reread name of the wind kind of recently and then I started the first binding just just by happenstance so like when he's leaving Tarbian and he goes back and he's like helping out some of the the orphan kids and just the way that Rothfuss writes uh, draws out so much emotion without even having to really like explain necessarily. So that part of Tribune was really good. I guess the part of Tribune that I wasn't as interested in where, you know, he's just kind of around there for a while doing the same things over and over. 
So the sparrows I thought was a little more interesting because it was a little more like advancement of a plot, like he's taking over the crew and then they had this mission to get revenge on Coley. That stuff was all, you know, maybe a little more fast paced than what was going on in Name of the Wind. Yeah, and I like the, I don't know if morally gray is, is the right word, but maybe it was just morally reprehensible but the uh, the leader of this thieving crew ends up being just a horrible person where he uh-huh. uh, is like selling them off for i i think like maybe i mean this up it was like some which maybe like sex slavery even and thing like really messed up yeah it was stuff. kind of like left ambiguous but i think you can use your imagination and it was basically child trafficking that was happening yeah right and i think Verdi got me on that one. I thought this guy would actually end up being one of those uh, like mentors who seems sketchy, but then ends up having a heart of gold. And no, not at all. And then I liked the idea. This was a a unique plot point. Like nothing in this, nothing equivalent happens in either Name the Wind or Liza Walk Lamora, where then he ends up killing the like the leader of the thieving crew and then kind of takes over the thieving crew his place uh-huh. as a kid and becomes this like legendary uh, person in the town or in the city because he fell into this position. So I, I actually really like that part too. And I liked that the Ashura were still around, like Coley was still around. So then there could be more direct interaction a criticism I have with King Killers, the Chandrian are this this big thing. It, it motivates Quoth so much to try to get revenge on them. But through the name of the wind, they're like not even there after the first thing where they're coming and, and kill his family. And then there's a little bit, you know, there's some there's some hints. There's there's one thing that happens in Wise Man's Fear. But here throughout the first finding, they're kind of present, but yeah, they're not, I guess not until Coley comes in at the end <laughs> but uh, I, yeah. I like that he's still around here uh at, through the whole sparrow part yeah there's the the ashra are weirdly more grounded than the chandrian the chandrian just kind of appear and then they're gone and it's uh-huh. like they really do feel totally like these mythical figures apart from everything while Coley is like a gang leader basically in uh-huh. the city and just pretending to be a person. So I, I do think that's cool. You also get in the larger frame story, you know that he's still trying to get revenge upon the Ashura. So that gives a little bit more, I guess, like stakes to the larger frame story. While in the King Killer Chronicle, the frame story is just like, Quoth is like, I've just ruined the world. Like I'm just going to grind out the next X amount of years in uh-huh. this, <laughs> like in this inn. And Bass is like, Hey, no, like you shouldn't do that. <laughs> right, it's like, okay, right. uh, here it's like, okay, he's pursuing something. The Ashura are, are still around and we're, we're actually going to try to. Yeah. Here. Yeah. He's kind of lost his magic in the same way, not entirely, but he's not nearly as good but he's still trying to right the wrongs and, and be an active protagonist, which is nice. Yeah. Props, props to Verdi for all that, that stuff with the, the Ashura. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest criticisms people have for the King Killer Chronicle is just 
they they feel like they've been sold this story about taking vengeance upon Chandrian, which is a very typical like epic fantasy type of thing. And instead they're mm. like, why are we reading so much like day-to-day yeah. <laughs> stuff that just kind of happens? And I've always thought of the Kinkar Chronicle as this like it's it's about the journey, not the destination. I, I've never really gotten too caught up on the Chandrian aspect of it, but I I think it's a benefit that uh, Ferdy brings in more relevance to that plot. Yeah, agree. All right, so now he's ready to uh, leave Ben. I guess there's the one quick thing where he goes and gets a bunch of gold from this merchant king guy, and that's kind of, that's really just a plot thread that's hanging out there for the next book. I guess he's supposed to come back within a year or something, right? And and do something. Honestly, I kind of forgot about this until just now, but there's some kind of promise that he's made, and he's he's got to fulfill that. So uh, I guess that's coming in the next book too. He's supposed to work for this guy. This guy is like, hey, uh-huh. I want to meet the Sparrow, whatever, Sparrow, King, Sparrow, whatever he is, uh-huh. the, the leader of the Sparrows because he's his kid. And he's like, well, what if I give you a lot of money? Then will you maybe work for me later? And he's like, sure, I'll take the money. Uh-huh. And presumably this guy has all these connections where he can track Ari down and make sure that he fulfills his end of the bargain but yeah it is hanging loose like you said I I think we almost just needed it felt very plot devicey it's like he needed money he needed to feel like he was leaving the sparrows with some stuff and he Uh had to get out of there so yep that happened yep so then he goes uh and he he heads off to the ashram he meets up with uh this girl who's going to be important later, don't remember her name, and Vitham. Is it like Lucky? La- yeah, Lakey, I think. L-A-K-I. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, and then the the character that I liked uh, was was Vitham, who appears at first to just kind of be this clever, uh, yeah, clever older guy, doesn't really know, we, we don't really know exactly who he is. He says he's a philosopher and he's interacted with the ashram before and they don't really like him there. And then by the time that Ari gets there and fails his admissions, then he comes back in and says like, Hey, I'm going to vouch for you. I thought that was, that, that was pretty well done. I liked the twist there because in name of the wind quote, of course, comes in and impresses everyone right away. And they pay him to go to school there, but here he fails. And I was surprised by that again. Cause I'm like, wait, this is, he's not supposed to fail. What's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. He's a sort of, Ben-like character who mentors Ari and and it's a it's a fun reveal I kind of had like vague inklings that he might play a role in this process of uh, at least be involved with the ashram in some way but it did surprise me that he came in and he was like ah I was a master the whole time and yeah later we get another twist (laughs) with him so quote is like some people think he's just obnoxiously smart and kind of a, uh, you know, Mary Sue type character. Ari is not like that. He's, he's, he fails his admission as exam. He doesn't know everything. What did, did you like that? I, yeah, I, I, I feel like this is kind of missing the same level of unreliable narrator feeling to it than, the King Killer Chronicle has where I've always mm. 
when Quoth gets too Mary Sue-like, maybe I'm too generous to Rothfuss, but I've always been like, oh, wow, this is that unreliable narration at play where Quoth just feels like he has to build himself up. And I think there's like a weird, I don't know if it'd be weird if I wasn't thinking about the King Killer Chronicle, but there's, Ari is very almost humble in how he presents his story, which differs from Quoth. He's very willing to say, like, oh, yeah, this actually happened this way without... Quoth is... It feels like he thinks he's doing that, but he can't help himself but be like, yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't a big deal, but it kind of was. (laughs) And Uh (laughs) it's... Yeah, Ari doesn't really do that as much, but we do get this stuff which is also very present in the King of the Chronicle where it's like everyone calls Ari clever over and over again and it's like all right I get it I get these clever like it must have been said like 20 to 30 times in this book and that's probably less than the name of the wind so uh be fair there but uh-huh. yeah I do think he has this um there's a lot of times, though, where he's like, I worked really hard at stuff and I wasn't that naturally gifted. And I think that, I don't know, for me, it doesn't make a huge difference because I like the unreliable narration of, mm. of the name of the wind or what I perceive as unreliable narration. But I I could see a lot of people who are critical of the Kingkiller Chronicle because of that, like Mary Sue type feeling, enjoying these aspects of, of uh, the first five. I think a good example of that is when he builds his uh, unbreakable string. He can't figure it out for a long time. And then he finally gets the idea from the tinker of how to like encode it through this special uh, tinker language of, of like dots and slashes or however that works. So that, yeah, he, he doesn't have this natural genius, but he's able to kind of work things out by just hard work and maybe some happenstance. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess that's part of the whole clever thing is there's a difference between being clever and being like extremely, I guess, intelligent. Uh It's like, he's got this, I don't know if it's a street smart, that's definitely part of it, but he's just got this ability to kind of game the system a little bit and know where to uh, just, you know, even if it's a little questionable, do what he's got to do and figure that kind of stuff out, which is different than Quoth, who's just like constantly got everything figured out immediately. There's this work, there's this process of working through things um, that, that Ari does. Yeah. Well, I know we're uh, lower on time, Dylan. So should we just go through and maybe say like the one thing from uh, the ashram that you really enjoyed? Ooh. The crow's nest, probably. Yeah. So the crow's here. nest. Yeah. Yeah. Being I thought that was thing. better. Than We're the on the same page. <laughs> side of in, in name of the wind, they go to the similar thing called the crockery, and he goes through the load in and meets all the people who've cracked from the stress of naming. I like the crow's nest better. I thought the characters were a little more interesting. Yeah, and I feel like the I don't know how to say this because. The Ari equivalent, meaning Ari from the King Killer Chronicle, uh-huh. right? The yeah, little yeah. Blongo stars in Slower Guard of Silent Things. Not Ari, the main character. Like that, could, we could have done without that. I feel like naming the character Ari when there's already an 
Ari like character right, right, in right. the name of the wind, even if it's spelled a little different. But uh, yeah, the Ari equivalent is kind of this character in the Crow's Nest. I'm blanking on her name, but she's uh, the one that Emmy. I am Emmy. Okay, Pretty I sure. am Emmy. Okay, so Emmy is a really, I think, interesting character. Maybe especially per her like page time. Um, uh-huh. probably the most interesting character I think she's the one she keeps scratching herself to do all the bindings and I feel like in the Kingkiller Chronicle Ari there's some things that you're like oh is she like a cracked former student I don't know and then in this they kind of just bring that to the forefront and they're like oh she's kind of his teacher in some ways Ari's teacher uh-huh. and she knows they like she's you know kind of uh things have gone awry for her but she's this this character that knows a ton about the bindings and again it's one of these moments of Ari he's like uh he doesn't just naturally be like I know everything right away he's like oh I can kind of befriend Emmy here and learn stuff so uh, uh-huh. yeah I'm really into that character and what's going on there so uh yeah. nest, big highlight yeah, I enjoyed her quite a bit. And I and I said that there weren't too many emotional things, but when when he comes back the one time and she's like, he realizes that she's been scratching your fingers again and she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I felt that one. That was that was a good one. Yeah, I I did feel that too. And just the way that he handles it, where he's like, Look, I can't really say anything to fix this, but I'll just show her by like letting Shola out and like uh-huh. her pet, yeah. the cows. Like, oh, this is like an adorable moment yeah. the way that he yeah. handles this, like a emotional intelligence. If you, I like the addition of the animal companion. That that's always yeah. fun. Definitely, I think that's another place where this book sticks out, and just the way that he describes Shola with this kind of, uh, he keeps going back to this, like. Shola had determined that it was uh, like uh, time to unleash all of his ferocity upon this uh, like pouch or whatever. <laughs> and I just love that. I think a lot of like cat owners will appreciate that because yeah. you just, you know, you, you try to think in the head of this like little animal that thinks it's like this apex predator, but it's like, you're a tiny kitten, but uh, yeah, that, those are always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Shola was great. Uh, the kite fighting I thought was was solid, although not as cool as what I figure it replaced, which was the uh, you know the music playing at the oh gosh what's the name of the bar that he plays at um, oh god I'm being embarrassed let's think it's like it sounds like a Loden but it's not okay yeah the the cool bar oh, that right. is escaping my memory right now you all know what I'm talking about yeah. And ironically, in that case, Quoth really could have used the unbreakable strings that Ari has developed to win the kite fighting contest. Actually, it would have been worse because that's by the whole legend was a broken string. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it wouldn't have been as cool. Yeah, I I don't know. The kite fighting, it just felt like an afterthought because it kind of comes, it comes after the after the climax of Ampor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It comes after this like Dracus equivalent moment, except minus right. the coolest part, which is his like interactions with Dana during all that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, it 
and I was like, wait, what? We're like, now we have to do this side quest with uh, uh-huh. kites. Uh, so I think at that point, I was, I was like, I, I don't know. This feels kind of yeah tacked on. Like the the import thing was really quick compared. To, basically, so the the climax of Name the Wind is when he you know goes in and has the whole Dracus thing. Then there's a little bit at the end afterwards, but it felt like the import thing was really jammed in there. And it should have been bigger because it was all about the Ashura. Like we needed more explanation for what happened here and more yeah. investigation. Into that. I would have preferred for that to be expanded. Yeah, I agree. I think, and I don't know. I I, I do want to say too, if we're going back a little bit, can we just mention the walking the coals incident with how he like puts that numbing uh, agent on his feet and uh, all this stuff to make it so that he can just walk the coals and yeah. not show any instance of pain. Like that was another moment where I was like, oh, did you really have to like beat for beat? Take this from the name of the wind where, right. uh, you know, he takes the lashings and he's uh-huh. totally fine. Cause he again, like right. numbed it. Yeah. That yeah. kind of stuff. It's like, I guess, to bring it a little bigger because i know we are nearing the the end of of this episode is the i think there's places where this story could stand on its own it's so well written like rr verdi has such a talent and such a great writer that it's almost like it's disappointing when you start to see those moments where it's like you didn't have to do this like it there's Uh this doesn't add anything that you couldn't have done in a different way. And that I totally believe in your ability to do. And it's like uh-huh. these moments where he departs from the King killer narrative are some of the strongest moments of the book. Yeah. That, you know, like adding Shola, having him kill the uh-huh. like, Lord or whatever. It's like, those are such, such awesome parts. I, I, I guess I'd like to see, you know, it's almost like how Wheel of Time is very, like, first book is very Lord of the Rings uh-huh, equivalent, uh-huh, I yeah. guess. Um, I would still say probably less than this is, like, Gangkiller equivalent. Um, but still, uh, you can see very clear par- parallels. And then later on, things depart a lot more in the yeah. Wheel of Time. I would say I'd like to see that moving forward with the first binding is like all right let's let's carve out your own new place in the fantasy genre yeah yeah i think that's that's really well said and i i pretty much agree with you <laughs> we have two hosts that are both uh of the same mindset yeah when he when he departs it's really good i mean the story of the name of the wind is awesome but i think you can build a story where you have all those elements you've got the framing narrative you've got the magic school like all of that stuff's fine to replicate, but then when it's like all of the small details, like walking the coals in the same way and numbing himself and like all that's yeah. exactly the same. Just like, why, why, why couldn't you come up with something a little bit different? Like it would still totally work because your writing is really good and your characters here are good. Why do you have to do this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, it invites it. It's like, R.R. Verdi, I think one of his strengths is his prose. He's a great prose writer. But then when you invite comparisons to the person who has my favorite prose in the whole genre and has a reputation for writing some of the best prose in the whole genre, it does start to, I know at the beginning of the episode, you're like, something feels just a little bit missing. And for me, sometimes it's like, 
look, you have amazing pros, but we're, I can't help but compare you to Patrick Rothfuss's pros. Uh-huh. And that's unbelievable. It's like every line has this like uh, poetry to it in yeah. the name of the wind. So it's like, it's tough. And the further we move away, the less he's going to draw comparisons to this giant shadow that is coming off of Patrick Rothfuss and his Kingkiller crime. All right. Well said. I think that is our review of The First Binding, a book that uh, we enjoyed. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to The Second Binding, whatever. <laughs> whatever <laughs> I was actually out. thinking, I was like, uh, please tell me the sequel is going to be The Second Binding. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then there's like nine bindings that all men must know or whatever, right? I'm like, I don't want a nine, <laughs> I don't yeah. want a nine part series. So maybe yeah. not. <laughs> well, there's the 10 that all men must know, but there's oh, 10. Eight. There's only eight that you're supposed to do, and there's two secret ones that you're not supposed to do that we don't really know anything about yet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Hey, Dylan, this was fun. Uh, It's always fun to talk with uh, friends talking fantasy, and I guess uh, we'll see if we can do a follow-up in the future that you guys release on your channel. Oh, yeah, definitely. We got got some ideas, and we always love having you on, and it's always a pleasure coming on Fantology. trying to stand on my own two feet without charles so <laughs> hope hope i did ftf honor here absolutely all right thanks for listening everyone see you later peace